there are things meant for you that are currently beyond your imagination. The only way to become a better storyteller is by telling more stories. Your greatest work may not be seen by millions of people. Keep making it. To be a writer, we have to sit down and we have to do the work and we don't get up until it's finished. The only hope we have are the stories we tell. Stories not bound by what is possible. We are proud to be stories tellers. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a special episode of the Story Podcast. It is Valentine's week, and I am sitting down once again with my co-host, Sammy Harvey. Sammy, you've been out for a couple weeks. You started traveling again all over the place. <laughs> New York City last, right? Yeah, I was in New York City and Mexico. And oh, in Mexico. You just slipped the- <laughs> Yeah, but everything's slowing down I love because... It. You're so nonchalant about it. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slowing well, down. So what, yeah, so what happened this a couple months ago, the reason why I'm traveling so much is my husband travels a lot. Sure. And we have a companion pass, which means anywhere he goes, I get to fly for free. Plus or minus some taxes, but it's amazing. So I've just kind of been joining him for everywhere that he's going. But my travel is about to be slowing down because of this little fluffy thing that's sitting right next to me. So mysterious. So mysterious. Everyone's like, "What is it?" My new puppy <laughs> named Pop Tart. Okay, so she's for, amazing. For our really committed story podcast listeners out there, what was it like? Maybe two months ago, we were like, "I think everyone should tweet Brandon and say you should let Sammy get a puppy." <laughs> Uh, we're, we've been talking off and on about how badly you want a puppy yeah. and dreams come true. They really do. Never give up. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Thank you to everyone who tweeted Brandon and persuaded him. Yeah. That's, that's totally what persuaded him. It wasn't Sammy it wasn't begging me. every day it for was a you puppy. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, the reason I said this is a special episode is, uh, you know, Kellen and I told you last week that we had another special episode coming up next week, uh, because of the success of the Christmas episode. So many people emailed us after the special Christmas episode we did and be like, oh my gosh, that was the best, Mm. uh, like my favorite show in the history of this podcast. And I'm like, that's amazing. Let's do another one of these. So it's Valentine's Day. We thought, let's tell some love stories. Love stories are awesome. Well, not let's tell love stories. Let's let our listeners tell us some love stories. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to kick things off with your love story. Yes. So we invited (laughs) Sammy's husband, Brandon, in, and they sat across the table from each other, and they told their love story. Do you want to say anything about this, or should we just roll it? Let's just roll it. Let's just roll it. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. So, all right, here we go. Story number one from Brandon and Sammy Harvey. The first time I ever saw Brandon was on Twitter. And his profile picture was really interesting because it wasn't of his face, it was of his feet. But I really liked what he had to say. We had a mutual friend um, at the time who. Uh, retweeted me about I don't even remember what it said and he was a friend of Brandon's as well and Brandon ended up seeing that tweet and I thought that you were cute because <laughs> my picture was on my face yes <laughs> and so I hit the follow button and I was like I'm gonna follow this girl and then I ended up following you back too which is very nice but then I this is the terrible part it sounds like I'm a tool uh but I, I quickly unfollowed you within a matter of weeks. Um, and Which I had no idea of because I would have 
been really turned off by that if you didn't but, <laughs> keep but, following me. <laughs> but you you kept on following me for years. Yeah. Yeah, for years. And I, I really liked the messages that you were sharing. And I wasn't on Instagram at this time, but you were, and you were sharing links of your Instagram stories that you were writing that were really influenced by the book Love Does. And so I ended up trying to find you on Facebook and message you to tell you that I really liked all of your Instagram posts. And when I got that message, I was like, oh, this girl's cute. <laughs> um, Did you remember me? Yeah, I did. I I don't think I remembered the follow and follow, but I remembered uh, your face because you know we, we would interact from time to time on Twitter, just really casually, and so I was like, oh, this girl's interesting, and so I responded, and I and I kind of responded like with more questions so that like the conversation would continue. Um, and what's funny is that the conversation did continue, but you were getting ready to move. To uh, to Europe for a few months, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> if I'm gonna have a chance with this girl, she's obviously amazing. I'd already followed you back everywhere at this point. Um, I've got to make a move. And so my move was, hey, do you want to Skype? <laughs> yeah, because we were living at opposite ends of the country at this time. You were in Portland, and I was in Nashville. We were both studying in school, so we ended up skyping, and we talked forever. For hours, and hours. it would be like 3 a.m. my time, or like you know, 6 a.m. your time. It's just like random times while you were in Europe, right? And then while we're in Europe, you sent me mail, and we kept talking. And every time I would come back from traveling a new trip to a different country while studying abroad, we would Skype and talk about it. And then till one day. When I was in London, it was on my birthday, you messaged me and asked me if you could come visit me. And I like remember that day and waking up and reading that message. And I was so excited. And that was one of my favorite birthdays ever because I was so excited that I was going to meet you finally. And then I guess fast forward a couple of months, I come back home and to Nashville and then you had your flight to come see me. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I remember being super nervous. Uh, the whole way there, I'd brought flowers with me, which were definitely mangled by the time I got there, but it's the thought that counts. Um, and you were so nervous also when, uh, when we met up and we... Because I brought my friend with me to make sure that you weren't a murderer. catfish. Yeah, me. that's right. very smart. Um, <laughs> and I remember you were driving, we were in your car, we were driving out of the airport parking lot and you started to drive down the <laughs> down the up ramp and I was like no 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 but we had just met like 30 seconds ago and so I didn't know how to communicate like we shouldn't die now but also like not make you feel really uncomfortable yeah that was really embarrassing that was amazing I yeah so after that trip we almost broke up because we couldn't figure out how two college kids were going to afford flying back and forth from Nashville to Portland. But somehow your friends talked you into it that you would be able to have enough money. All my roommates were in long distance <laughs> relationships as well. And they're like, Brandon, it's fine. Like, it's a fun time. It's easy. You're going to have a great time. And they were liars because long distance is so hard, but they were also, you know, honest because it, it was so worth it. It was amazing. We dated long distance for three and a half years, visiting each other at least once a month. Um, yeah. 
and then uh, and then on my final visit, uh, I I got down on one knee and I proposed, and then we never had to do visits again. Yeah, that was the best. It was a I love the proposal too because you we went to the place where we had our first official date in Nashville too, at Radnor Lake Park. Is it? It's as if I did it on purpose. <laughs> So for a long time, before you and I met in person, I was following you on Twitter, and your Twitter bio always said, I married a boy I met on Twitter. And I did. And it's true. <laughs> you guys totally really did we meet did. on Twitter. It was a 21st century romance, we That's said. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. like a lot of people are meeting spouses now through dating apps. Yeah. Is, like, is that the equivalent of meeting someone on it's Twitter? It's a totally different experience, I think. Really? Because... I mean, I was talking to someone today just about that. I've never had that experience. Dating apps became popular after Brandon and I had already started talking. Um, but there's like there was no swipe left, swipe right, like for, for us. Um, it was follow yeah, and follow. It was follow and follow. I can't and believe he unfollowed you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't tell me that till like a good while after we were dating. That's like so we funny. were telling the story to other people. Um, while we're like probably a year into our dating relationship, and then he mentioned that fact that he unfollowed me. I was like, "What? That's so. Awesome. This is new information to me." Yes. So for all of you out there who are single and you're following a single guy or a single girl on Twitter, you might as well say hello. You might as well say hello. Yeah. And I think Brandon and Sammy's Harvey is proof that <laughs> like you never know who you're going to end up marrying. You seriously, just never because, know. Just even if they live in another yourself. city. Yeah, if they live in you're another just city. Just like oh, follow them on Twitter. It doesn't matter. They live across the other side of the country. Totally. Things can happen. Yeah. 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 And you two are still very much in love. We are. Yep. We so in love that he let you have a puppy. He got, yeah, we have a puppy together. That's so. amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> what a great story. Uh, well, if you guys aren't following along with Brandon, he's an awesome guy. Uh, you hear from Sammy a lot. It's always fun when Brandon pops in. Um, this was a good excuse to get him into the studio. Um, but you can follow Brandon on all socials Everywhere. at what? Yeah, at Brandon Harvey. But Brandon is spelled with. But Brandon is spelled with an E-N instead of an O-N. Yeah, so Brandon Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. H-A-R-V-E-Y. Yeah, same as mine. Very cool. All right, moving on to our <laughs> next story. This one's pretty great. Kellen popped in the studio to read this one, but the story was actually submitted to us from Elizabeth Hawkins. We got so many good stories, and it's hard to choose some of these sometimes. But Elizabeth's writing is really great. She's an artist and an educator. Um, she, in, in addition to doing a lot of cool things through her art to help a lot of people, um, she also teaches at, a, at an arts college up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So enjoy this love story from Elizabeth Hawkins. It was a small fishing boat, a khaki-colored, weighty vessel we dubbed the Brown Hornet, a nod to our childhood when the fat Albert was cool and Bill Cosby was the world's best father figure. It was tiny, not more than 12 feet long, made for rivers and small lakes. We christened her with a graceful tip from a can of beer over her bow, which was held together with screws, duct tape, and what was left in a tube of industrial strength adhesive. We set out to the inland channels that spilled into the expansive blue of Lake Michigan. It was barely summer. The water was still numbing and cold, but the day was splendid and warm. We followed one small river into a larger river, then through a large, no-wake channel that flowed into a big lake. The water was calm, a personification of glass as far as the eye could see, and the brown hornet skidded along its surface gracefully. We stopped to watch the sun go down, the horizon filled with color. I jumped in, my body shocked by the sudden cold, 
but I took one moment to ponder, to look at the boat above me, the expansive water around me. I held this beauty in my heart. It was when we left that we noticed the leak. In our moment of calm watching the sunset, the V-shaped hole had steadily taken on water. The boat had an outboard motor and the handheld throttle was open as far as it could go, but the boat could not manage to get up on plane. I realized the water was inside the boat. It was past my ankles and rising. We were close to going under. With night coming and a boat almost submerged, with miles between us and our car with no plan B, I fell in love. I fell in love with the messy, vibrant wonder, with a thrilling need to be together, to watch the sunset by any means necessary, even if it meant going down with the ship. I fell in love regardless, in the most beautiful place on earth, with the one person who is worth giving up the certainty of my solitary life for the mystery of two being one. I love the mystery that was within the story because when I first heard it, I thought, wow, she's just in love with the idea of wonder, wonder. or this watching yeah. the sunset. And then I rethought about it. I was like, oh, no, she was with someone yeah. in that boat. Yeah, but she her doesn't really tell her, us much yeah, about who yeah, that her is. Partner, yeah, yeah. She ne- does, never really touches gets into the details of that. Uh-huh. So I like that it could it could be up into interpretation. I think it was that wonder and mystery that made me be like, this is one of the ones we have to go with. It's yeah. just, and her writing is really great. It's just a really She's great very, story. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, check her out. Her website is elizabethivy.com. I-V-Y, elizabethivy.com. So many talented people in the story tribe. Um, and it makes me want to like go jump on a boat and like sail off to the sunset every <laughs> single night. But we well, actually we have lakes here in the Nashville area. Not we as do. many. I don't think they quite have the same effect as all those lakes up in Michigan. No, they're really small. Um, but it's less windy here, and it's warmer <laughs> throughout the year. There's a pro, so, yeah, pros cons. Pros list. and cons. <laughs> but I think the biggest dilemma is I don't have a boat. But it sounds like they made a boat. She made the boat in her story. It was yeah. It, was it sounded like it water. was an old boat. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Thank you, Elizabeth, for sending that story. Uh, moving on, Jack and Lindley stopped by the studio. Um, their story's amazing. We thought we have to share this story on the podcast. And I don't want to give away too many details because of how they met. But just as like a little precursor, um, they're going to tell a story about a co-working space that Brandon actually works out yes. of, right? So there's some connecting points here. Yeah, I know, I've know. i known Lindley for a while before this relationship started. So yeah, we're trying to I've, be I've mysterious for like, the beginning. Yeah. yeah, let's not reveal too much. <laughs> all right, I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. And this is, again, super relevant to all you creators out there. You never know what's going to happen at a creative co-working <laughs> space. So enjoy this love story from Jack and Lindley. It was an interesting time when I was at Weld. I was really into my work. I'm a videographer and have a small production company at the time. And I did not think that dating was for me. I tried Tinder, I tried Bumble, I tried eHarmony, I tried regular dating where someone just asked me. But I just was not good at modern dating. I like intentional relationship. I like getting to know somebody day in and day out with like a friendship first. And then if it could build on top of that, that was what I thought dating should be like and in the modern world it was just this instant oh if it doesn't work out then see ya it was like swipe right swipe left and it was just so instant and I 
I wasn't fast enough. I couldn't make these heart uh, heart ties with people so soon. So when Jack came at Weld, I was actually had a shoot in Dallas. So I ran in, checked my emails, grabbed the lens and ran out. And, and I saw this new guy with brown hair. And I think I just said, hey, new guy, and then didn't think anything of it and ran out the door. So I uh, moved into Weld. It was my first day there. I was really excited to meet everybody. So I, I went around kind of introducing myself as the new guy. Um, <laughs> when I sat down, I realized that there was like one empty desk with this uh, unwritten pictures sign behind it and nobody was there. So as I, I was kind of getting into my work, um, in flowed this girl with this flowy fabric on and uh, took a seat and I was like, oh, this is like the last person, like I, I should probably meet her. Um, but before I could get up and go back there and introduce myself, she kind of flowed back out. And on her way out, she was like, oh, you're the new guy. I'll meet you in a little bit. And she left. Um, when she came back in a little later on, uh, I was like, okay, cool. Now's my chance. Like, I got to go, you know, introduce myself. So I went back there. Hi, I'm Jack. Um, the new guy, I'm like sitting up there in the front, you know. And um, she started to tell me about um, unwritten pictures and what she, what she does. <laughs> and it was, it was really awesome. We, uh, we connected and clicked kind of really quickly. And so I, I was like, do you mind if I pull up a chair? And I sat down. And yeah, we talked for like two hours, I think, um, just the first time. And I don't think we have stopped talking. We just talked and we hung out and I was telling my girlfriends, hey, I'm hanging out with this one guy, but I don't know if I'm in the friend zone or if he likes me. So I thought I was going to make a move and I'm not good at making moves. I have little experience with it, but there was a charity event and I asked him uh, if he would like to go with me. And he originally said, well, if you can't find anybody else, I would, yeah, I'll go with you. So I said, yes, I want you to come with me. And at the event, he then told me, as we were walking in, hey, if you need a wingman, just let me know. I, I got you covered. If you see someone you like, just let me know and I'll, I'll do my best. And I was like, Okay, I was just shot. <laughs> it was just insult to injury. I had tried to impress you with this charity event, and you just wanted to be my bro. <laughs> and I was so bummed. So after that night, I had given up. I stopped dressing cute at work, and I just wore yoga pants and a sweatshirt and my hair all up in a bun, and I was just going to go to Weld to work and no longer flirt with you. <laughs> And that was the moment when she walked by my desk and I was like, oh my gosh, Lindley, whoa. <laughs> so as soon as I gave up on the thought of us having a relationship, the next day, that's when... So after that, I, um, I was like, hey, uh, have, have you ever had a whiskey talk? Do you want to like, have a whiskey talk someday? And there was this big um, bean bag kind of chair thing in the studio at Weld and it was like the size of this room so one day after you know we were just getting our job done 
I was like, hey, let's let's go have that whiskey talk. And we, you know, we went into the studio and really kind of sat down and, and had a little bit of whiskey and started to get to know one another on a kind of a deeper level. And um, it kind of just took off from there. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat to see the change from, oh, I hope he likes me, to, oh, he definitely likes me, then falling in love, and now two weeks from now we're getting we're getting married. So I suggest to anybody, go to a co-working space. Um, it worked out for us. One of the things about all of these stories is that love seems to be this mysterious thing. It's almost like people don't see it coming. Mm. It's like whether, uh, n- like none of these people woke up that morning and said, oh, I'm going to wake up today and today's the day I'm going to meet my husband or my wife. Right. They, it doesn't work it was, like that. They're blindsided. All of them were, they just didn't see it coming. Um, and so whether it was like, oh, I married someone on Twitter or I married someone that I met in my co-working space. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or like I was on this boat in the middle of a lake <laughs> and I fell in love and I wasn't expecting it. It just seems to be filled with mystery and wonder. So you just never know. I think that's the moral of all these stories is you just Absolutely. never know. Uh, so thank you, Jack and Lindley, for coming in and recording your story. When Lindley told us the story, we're like, oh my gosh, that we have to have that has to be included on this episode. Um, so I'm so glad they came in. You can learn more about them by checking out their respective websites. Uh, Lindley is actually a very successful director uh, and filmmaker here in Nashville. Her website is unwrittenpictures.com, unwrittenpictures.com. And Jack Beach, who has, in my opinion, one of the coolest names in the world. It just sounds like a cool guy, Jack Beach. Uh, His website is beachtechnology.com. He's got a cool story, really cool guy doing lots of fun stuff. So thank you, Jack and Lindley. Coming up, more mystery. More mystery. I liked what you had to say about love hitting you when you're least expecting it. I feel like this next story encompasses that. And I really related it to it because, like Steve, the author of our next story, I also wasn't looking for love when Brandon and I met. Actually, I was intentionally trying not to date anyone. Doesn't sound like it because I reached out to Brandon, but genuinely, I wasn't expecting anything or trying to make anything happen. It just kind of happened. And that's what I love about this next story. Yes. And Steve's an incredible storyteller. He was actually able to record this one and send it in for us. Um, So instead of us just reading it, I'm so glad he was able to tell it himself. Um, For those of you who are like, I think that voice sounds familiar. You might remember it if you were in attendance in story 2016, because at one point at the end of one of our sessions, um, I introduced someone, this mysterious guy walked out and was hit with a single spotlight and told a story about his relationship with his dad. And then after, after he told the story, he turned around and walked off stage, and that was the end of the session, and everyone's chins hit the floor. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, who was that guy? His name was Steve Doherty, uh, and his last name is interesting. I asked him, I, th- I was like, man, I think we might have misprinted your, your name. And he's like, no, it's, it's spelled with a G-H. It's just it's pronounced like with a K sound. Um, so that was amazing to me. So I think we should <laughs> just finish with this story instead of us coming in afterwards because I like there's kind of a mic drop moment at the end. You guys are going to love this one. So I'll go ahead and tell you that Steve is from North Carolina. Great guy with a great story. His website is stevedoherty.net. That's Steve with a V. His last name is spelled D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. So to close out our episode this week, we're going to let Steve tell his story. 
In the meantime, you guys have an incredible Valentine's Day from all of us here at the Story Team. Don't stop believing in love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You just never know when it's coming. You never know. You never know. I'd had enough of dating and had formally called it quits. Now, I confess me saying I called it quits on dating is a bit like saying I called it quits on getting into MIT. In truth, disinterest on the other end was determining my circumstances. Either way, I embraced I was just going to be Steve for a while, stopped trying to sell myself to anyone. I resolved that I would, as my new in-between job dictated, only sell pre-owned cars, accompanied by a reasonably priced extended warranty and rust protection package. Besides, I had bills to pay, like a ridiculously high car payment for my ridiculously fast car. I needed to focus. Christy had been set up on a blind date by a friend. She'd been hoping to meet someone, and what better pathway than to be introduced by someone who actually knows you both. Christy and the man met for lunch. Small talk was difficult, but the guy seemed good-hearted enough. But that heart turned out to be broken, too. Halfway through lunch, the man began weeping, whimpering about how he missed his ex-wife. This was who Christie's friend had determined would suit her. She was so disappointed and so confused as to how her friend thought these pieces would fit together. In her way, Christie waved off dating in that moment and did what she often did for therapy. She went shopping, car shopping. I had just interacted with a potential customer, and so the next person that came in would, in accordance with auto sales etiquette, go to the next salesperson in line. But they were all talking and laughing in the chair circled by the big showroom window and told me to go ahead and take the next customer who'd just walked in. I came around the corner to greet her. And I'm not saying it was love at first sight. I'm just saying I couldn't talk for a second because I forgot my name. I could only think of her eyes and the music piped in through the overhead showroom speakers made me feel like I was in a scene and I didn't want to botch my line. I managed, hi, but I don't remember much else. Christy and I walked the lot as she described the car she was looking for. Nothing in the lot, not one of the hundreds of cars, had that it factor for her. Until she saw the one in the back row, the shiny black one that looked ridiculously fast. That one? I said, thanking God and fighting off a smile. Oh, that one's mine. That idiotic payment made sense like an M. Night Shyamalan film now. We found one similar enough to mine at another lot by using the inventory network. That lot was 45 minutes north. I couldn't let her just leave, though. I'll drive you, I said. No, no, you don't have to, she said. Oh, we do it all the time, I lied. Well, okay then. 45 minutes north, half an hour together on that other lot. You can imagine the confused glares I got from their staff for selling another lot's cars, but when they saw Christy, they put it all together and shook their heads. Then 45 minutes south, and then drinks that night, and the next. Days later, I was reprimanded for my little romantic adventure. It didn't help that Christy bought a car from a completely different dealership. 
but 19 years, countless cars and miles, and three beautiful children later, I'm glad we both gave up on dating. This episode of The Story Podcast was produced by Kellen Robinson, and music was written by Aaron Farmer. For more information about Story, visit storygatherings.com.